This is EdTech Weekly. I am your host, Ricky Zager. Christy, as always, is with us. How are you doing tonight, Christy? Hey, Ricky. Good to be here again. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited tonight. I mean, first of all, obviously, we get to talk about EdTech, which is really fun, and it's the reason why we do the show. But I also have sort of a nerdy, fun thing going on this weekend, and I'll just share it briefly because I don't want to be too nerdy, but it is fantasy football draft weekend for me and my college buddies. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. We all get together. A good number of us still hang out and get together and get a hotel and just have a really good time and draft our fantasy football team. So I'm super excited. Okay. And you guys make a weekend of it? Yeah, generally, yeah, we uh, get a you know Saturday night, Sunday type deal and enjoy a little uh, boys weekend action. So I'm super excited, and um, I guess we should just sort of talk about tonight's show. And in that show, we are going to be talking about coding camps, Finland ed tech taking on the world, online education that is like face to face maybe, and our featured story, which is our robot teachers the future. Dun dun dun. No. Oh, sorry. I mean, I'm just dun, looking. Dun, dun. There, it says, thank you, something. <laughs> All right. Before we begin, though, I did want to say that um, on Reddit, we're, I'm now, again, posting a lot of links on Reddit. And the idea behind it in the beginning, and I'm hoping to revamp uh, that again, is that you guys can upvote certain stories. And I'll just dump all of the EdTech news stories of the week and whatever one you guys think are most interesting, we'll talk about on the show. And also, iTunes Radio. I'll be sending out a link on Twitter. Please give us a rating. It really helps new teachers find us. But first, we begin, as we always do, Christy, with the EdTech News Rundown. A story from goodnewsfinland.com, a website I am often on, no, not really, explains how Finnish EdTech is making waves internationally. They are challenging the norms of education using virtual reality and gamification. Uh, In the article, they mentioned five Finnish startups that are attempting to create transformative learning solutions. And those startups are licensing apps to Scholastic, taking gamification to Brazil, and releasing a 3D app after an agreement with the Junior Library Guild and the good old US of A. Now check out the article to learn more about these individual companies. But I do think it's safe to say that these Finnish companies aren't finished innovating, <laughs> right? Oh. I mean, listen, hashtag dad jokes, hashtag dad jokes. That's all I can say at this point in time. And there was a few. There was like the unfinished business, but I, I went with that one. I don't know. But aside from these terrible puns, Christy, uh, any of these companies or solutions that you find especially interesting? Well, it was interesting to hear that this came from Finland. You know, we hear all the time, at least I do, about the great educational system there. So interesting to hear what they're doing with ed tech. I think anything with Scholastic is good. Um, you know, they're making that into an app and checked it out and some pretty cool collaborative features. What really sounds interesting to me, though, from that is 3D, 3D Bear and how they're going to integrate 3D printing and augmented reality into classrooms. I'm not really sure what that means, but I'm very curious of what that could be. And I think that was the app they were launching in the US. So check that out, maybe 3D Bear. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're right. When we talk about Finland and education, they're definitely something to look for. And uh, yeah, check that out on the website, edtechweeklyshow.com. And uh, Christy, forgive me, but we are finished with that story. So go ahead. Okay, good. Finished, finally. All right, next up, TechCrunch brings us an insider's take on the future of coding boot camps. 
we all know at this point that coding is going to be a huge part of education moving forward, but how exactly that is struct structured is evolving. The article focuses mainly on how the coding camps or courses are being funded and exactly what the desired or expected outcomes are. Since coding is such a hot topic, there are many examples of coding camps being rushed to the market with high dollar amounts being thrown at them with little to no expected outcomes or even any user reviews. One of the more interesting things discussed is how individuals are paying for these boot camps, from taking out loans to paying only based on a percentage of a salary you earn from completing the course. As companies rush to gain market share of this coding push, the future of coding education is certainly up in the air. Check out this article on edtechweeklyshow.com for some more insights. Yeah, and I, you know, as becoming sort of a custom for the show now, I did a little extra deep, deep, I dug, ooh, I can't speak, but I dug a little deeper on this story, and the person who uh, submitted this story to TechCrunch happens to be somebody who owns their own coding boot camp site, um, so take it with a grain of salt, some of the things that they talk about in there. But overall, I thought it was fascinating to hear that there are other options for paying for your coding camp or learning how to code, including paying based off a percentage of salary. I found that to be fascinating. And it is an interesting play. Um, and uh, again, a lot of options, especially a lot more options now if you ever wanted to be in coding than we ever had back in the day. So pretty exciting time for coding in general. Yeah, I wonder how much a coding boot camp costs. Yeah, I mean, I think based on some of the things that I've looked at, it, it really varies so much depending on what we're talking about in terms of boot camp. Are we talking about literally learning how to program using a language and it's like a three-month online endeavor or just, you know, some of the things that we consider a boot camp as, you know, educators, especially in K-12 world, is more of like a, here, come for a week and learn some fun stuff, you know? Yeah. So anyway, all right, our next story, New York City your New York Your City News reports on virtual courses for working professionals launched by Talent Edge and XLRI. Online courses for working professionals alone is probably not newsworthy, but this platform is a little different, or so they say. First, they're claiming this is a live classroom learning experience. And basically, they say that this platform allows you to experience learning the same way you would as in, in a face-to-face -face course. Unfortunately, the article doesn't go into a whole lot of detail about how that is accomplished. Now, they do, however, mention that tutors will know if a student is attending the class because they will take a live picture of the student every 5 to 10 seconds from the webcam. Uh, they also will be capturing all the data from clicks and textual activity and facial recognition. Now, I, I could also I could get a little bit into the creepiness of the data being collected here, but my main question is, how close could this possibly be, Chrissy, to a live classroom experience if they have to take a camera, uh, having a picture taken every five minutes to know if the student is there or every five to ten seconds? Slim's a little fishy. Yeah, I don't know. This It, it does. This was kind of strange for me. You know, usually I support most of the ed tech things we read about and find them interesting, but this one is just weird. Um, you know, I think if you're trying to replicate a face-to-face -face course, I would ask why, you know, the point of technology is to make it better. And, you know, if we are having to use facial recognition to monitor all of us, um, yeah, I mean, I guess no more multitasking or checking Facebook during class, but really I'd rather see them put their energy towards, you know, making your content so engaging and interactive that you don't have to worry about people, you know, checking out or doing other things. So just kind of, yeah, creepy facial recognition. I'm not sure about that and not sure that that is the direction to head for um, ed tech. 
Yeah, I agree. But this is one of the large arguments that has had, you know, K-12 and higher ed world with online education. The the overarching theme, especially in higher ed and stuff that I work with, is, you know, we need to make it more like face-to-face. And I like what you said there. That's not the point. The point is to make it a better learning experience than you can provide face-to-face. Like, you know, we're supposed to be using technology to help that. Now, online classrooms, you know, present a different set of challenges, but when you work with professors and teachers that are wanting to try to use it to its full advantage, you can actually make these classes pretty awesome that are online. And I agree. I think just, you know, this idea of a live tutor coming in occasionally and other things like that, this that's not what makes it like a live classroom. And you're right. We're not trying to make it a live classroom. We're trying to make it the best, or we should be, trying to make it the best educational experience possible for our students so that they can actually learn and be engaged. Sure. It kind of re- reminded me of when I was taking my Google certification tests and they film you the entire time that you're taking it. You have to have your camera on and they do those, um, you know, every five seconds or however long they do it, I guess, you know, during a test to make sure that it's really you doing it. Just kind of wondering who monitors that. But then again, if it's Google, they probably have a system that will, you know, coding something that will routinely scan for that. So yeah, they've got some algorithm there, I'm sure. To see if you get up to leave. <laughs> yeah, there's we have some we have some proctoring online proctoring th- software that does that that type of stuff. As oh, well. really? So I'm sure Google's got it locked okay. down. Yeah, interesting. All right. So speaking of creepy facial recognition, Ozzy or ozy.com reports on a poll taken to find out if we're ready for robot robot teachers. To the delight of teachers, 92% of those polled believe that robots are no replacement for teachers. This is certainly a strong statement on how people feel about robots as teachers, or is it? If we look further into the poll, we find that people polled were given two choices. They had to choose between two statements, one saying that robots would be a good replacement for teachers because they are cheaper, unbiased, and efficient. The other saying that teachers cannot be replaced by robots because students need human interaction to learn. Ricky, I'm guessing you have a strong opinion on this type of polling. Oh, man, this this one, you know, I feel like this just panders to what people want to believe. Um, we all, of course, want to believe and do believe that students need human interaction and they need teachers and robots can't replace those. But, you know, I don't have a degree specializing in polling science, but this seems a bit engineered to try to get a particular result. You know, they're giving a A, B, true, false type scenario here in this question. Like, which one do you think is better? And they're giving two options that are pretty much opposite. Like, you know, I think one of the big fears that teachers have is sort of being furthered by polls like this because it's like, this teachers are going to replace you thing or robots are going to replace teachers. And that's really not, you know, that's not the end game. I don't believe for people who like ed tech and think that robots could be awesome or machine learning could be awesome. It is to help teachers with the things that none of us like to do. Grading is one of those. I mean, maybe there's some teachers out there that like grading, but that seems to be the number one thing that most of us do not like. Wouldn't it be great if grading was immediate you could easily get data on how your students were performing in real time so that you could really spend more time teaching that student instead of having to try to gather all that data on your own. And to me, that's what robots, you know, coming into education could mean. I mean, they're just, they're not going to be the type, at least not in the next hundred years, the type of a, uh, a thing that's going to be able to give comfort to a student. I mean, that's just not realistic. That's, we're not there. Maybe someday we'll be there, but 
overall, you need that human interaction. Like I know you've said numerous times, but it does bother me because I feel like you see these types of headlines say like, oh, 93% of people say that robots can't replace teachers. And it's like, yay, of course not. But are we really addressing the issue at hand here? I don't think so. Yeah, definitely. That polling, I wonder who those 8% are who <laughs> answered the other way, they're, actually. They're robots. They're clearly robots. They're, <laughs> they're the robots. <laughs> yeah. The robots are trying to be like human. No, I think it would be great. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're going to talk about this a little bit deeper, but before we do, I just want to make sure if everyone wants to email the show, remember we have edtechweekly at gmail.com. We have our new segment, EdTech Going Down. Remember, we don't do the G here. Going, going down. down in your town. There's too many G's on this podcast already between you and me, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. The coolest, <laughs> nerdiest EdTech podcast around. Trust me on that. So edtechweekly for at sure. gmail.com. I think we already have someone scheduled for next week for this segment, right? Yeah. I roped in one of my colleagues up here in our North State to fill us in on what's going down in her town. Awesome. So going, yeah. did, I, did I say that right? Going down? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Perfect. So the other thing that we talked about before, make sure you hit that subreddit, edtechweekly.reddit.com. Those of you who are longtime listeners will remember Matt and how he used to yell at me for doing it that way. Uh, Redditors would say r slash edtechweekly. So listen, I'm assuming most people like myself not necessarily entrenched in the Reddit world, although I love it edtechweekly.reddit.com and vote up some stories, comment on some stuff, or even submit your own for stories that you'd like us to talk about. And don't forget, give us a review on iTunes. I'll tweet out that link soon and uh, help out the show that way if you don't mind. If you're listening to the show anyway, it's an easy way to help out. All right, Christy, let's get into this a little bit. Now, we did get a little deeper in at the end of that discussion or at the end of that news story, but robots taking over as teachers. I mean, do we really believe anytime in the next hundred years that this is something that we should really be concerned about at all? I mean, as a, as a, you know, administrator, what would you say to a teacher going, I'm really scared that, you know, robots are going to take my job. You know, I just can't imagine that happening. Certainly in my lifetime and a hundred years from now, gosh, who knows what things are going to be like. Um, but you know, we talk about, we've had this conversation, I feel like numerous times about robots and what they can do. And yeah, absolutely what you said about replacing those you know, monotonous tasks that we don't like to do. So it really frees up time for a teacher to do, you know, actually teach and build those relationships because that's really where the magic is. So do I think this is really something to be concerned about? No, but is it here and could it really help teachers? Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. And you're right. This is a subject. I mean, when I do the news of the week, when I'm aggregating the news, I, I almost always have a some type of a robot teacher story in there. They're just, they come out all the time. And the reason I put this one in there, or two reasons, one specifically because of the polling in general. You know, a lot of times I think when we look at ed tech news, we don't think that people are employing the same type of tactics to manipulate, but they certainly are, um, including the TechCrunch article where it's, you know, a contributor who actually owns a boot camp and runs a boot camp is putting in his agenda where he basically was saying, you know, hey, if, if you don't have to pay money up front, then you know that people care about you and your job. Well, maybe, but that's your perspective as somebody who runs something like that. So I think a lot of times, you know, especially in the beginning of even me doing this show, I kind of thought, oh yeah, these top lists and all this kind of stuff are, are just straight legitimate. And, you know, why would anyone be in ed tech? But there are like 
you know, billions of dollars available at this point. And as ed tech people and people who love ed tech, you kind of do have to look at these stories a little bit skeptically, I think. And, and, and this is one of those to me where if it's feeding into this popular conception, then why is it? Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, we have this over, we do have a, a huge fear in general in education about robots. Like, I, I don't know why that it's out there, but those stories are out there all the time. They really, really are. Yeah, aren't there some scary movies about robots? There's at least one scary movie about robots. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there are tons of scary movies. I mean, you know, when you talk a, about like Terminator you know, comes to mind, exactly, mm -hmm. Skynet, Terminator, <laughs> and, and you know, and we have a lot of the greatest minds of our of our time. You know, Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking and all these guys talking about how dangerous uh, machine learning can be, and you know what we're kind of starting here. And this is all, we're all at the forefront of this. We are really at the precipice of this kind of stuff starting to take off. And it is a little bit scary. And of course, you know, there's a lot of information out there with robots in general. And so many people have said, well, robots couldn't take my job. Robots couldn't take. Yeah, I mean, at, at its core level, a robot could take anyone's job. I mean, it's just a matter of, is it possible with machine learning? How much is it going to cost? And what is, you know, what are the parameters of installing it as taking over your job? I mean, you know, factory jobs were the first to go, but I, we're going to see even the trucking industry is, is in flux right now with all of these, you know, self-driving trucks that can drive, you know, multiple hours and don't have to stop. These things, as they become cheaper, a lot of jobs are going to be in question. And I don't, I don't, didn't, I believe a hundred percent that at some point in time, Teachers' jobs will be in question legitimately because there will be this robot that is able to do our jobs better than we can just because it can calculate all of this data instantaneously, you know, including emotional data. I mean, that is probably, you know, again, is that 100 years? Is it 200 years? I don't know. But I think we'd be foolish to think that that can't happen. Yeah, good point. You never know what could happen. I got to think the, the leg up we have on robots as human beings is the ability to connect with each other. And I'm not sure robots can do that in the same way. And yeah, they can tell you if you're happy or sad by, I guess, the way your face is. Um, but I'm not sure that that is going to create a connection. And so I guess I sure hope that that we don't come to that, but who knows? I'll be long gone by then. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we can only hope that that's not something. Although you know, I mean, there's a lot of interesting movies out there, and I haven't watched the entire movie, but I've I've discussed. There's a movie called like Robot and Frank, where this robot develops a connection with this older man. Like you know, I, I definitely think that it's all possible. Like it is on some level, it's possible because all of the things that we do emotions, all that kind of stuff comes from our brain, which is basically a computer. I mean, you know, we figure out more and more about our brain all the time. So I, I think on some level, you know, this type of thing will happen. Those who are extremely nerdy in our ed tech listening group, you know, uh, we'll talk about like the singularity, possibilities of machines and humans sort of almost melding together in some way. Um, it, it's fascinating stuff for sure. But when I hear people like Elon Musk and, you know, um, I forgive me, the name escapes me now of the other gentleman I just mentioned, but Stephen Hawking, when they're saying this stuff is scary because robots could literally, you know, start taking over in general, if we're not careful, you got my attention. <laughs> so this reminds me of a TV show. I don't know if you ever watched um, Westworld. It's on HBO. You know, it's in the last couple of years it came out. 
Um, I think they've only had one season. Have you heard of this show? My friend, my yeah, some of my colleagues tell me I need to watch this. It's something that I'm definitely going to okay, check out. Okay, so yeah, check it out after, especially this idea of robots, because maybe I'm just not thinking that you know robots are advanced enough. They have this show, and they're just like human beings, and you can pay big money to go to this kind of alternate universe um, and have this experience with robots, but they're just like humans, and like they even develop like romantic relationships, um, but the robots begin to take over, um, you know, so interesting, I think, to think about all this. Yeah, and sci-fi, uh, you know, go back earlier, earlier days, you know, Orwell and other things, a lot of these things end up coming true at some point. So, listen, I'm not saying it is happening tomorrow. I'm not saying it's happening in 10 years, but I think the idea as a teacher who's into ed tech is we need to be using this technology in ways that can help us emphasize why we're important, which is that connection, which is the ability to read students and help motivate them and help do things that it's going to take a long time for any type of machine learning to ever catch up to that so that we can emphasize what we do well and then we can start focusing the robots on the things that we don't want to do and don't need to do and then we can have a nice symbiotic relationship rather than you know this sort of contested this contested like oh 97% say we don't need this and we do let's just embrace what we have and use it to help our students i mean that, at the end of the day i think that's what ed tech people who love ed tech truly our our main goal is let's embrace things that are going to help our students um, we don't need fluff ed tech that doesn't work we really just want to have things that are going to help more of our students be successful and be able to learn and enjoy their education. I mean, to me, that's the bottom line. For sure. And let's, you know, get those tasks out of there and give them to robots for the things that teachers don't like to do. I just think of like spelling tests, like that could probably be done by a robot if you're still doing spelling tests, you know. Oh, please. Just just give me robot graders. Like, I just want robot <laughs> graders. If I, I'd go back and teach, I think, again at high school if, if I didn't have to grade stuff because that was just I agree with you 100% there. <laughs> that was the worst. There's nothing worse than that, especially as a history teacher with essays. And I'm like, forget it. That, I just don't even want to get there. All right. Well, we've kind of gone over a little bit of our normal length of our show. But, you know, again, interesting discussion. And if, if you're interested in ed tech and you're interested in robots and all that kind of stuff, Please uh, go ahead and email us, edtechweekly at gmail.com, and give us your take on that. We can share it on a, a future show. Or just you know tell us how you'd like to be involved with the show. Again, we've had multiple contributors, including our own Christy, who's come through the Gmail system here and uh, gotten involved in the show. Follow me at 4TechTeachers, the number 4TechTeachers, and follow Christy at Christy M. Warren. And uh, once again, check out edtechweeklyshow.com com for any links to any stories christy anything as we leave the good people they need something to hear from you to say goodbye maybe no just have a great week three-day weekend this weekend have That's a good right. one labor day weekend if you're drafting fantasy football get a good team we'll see you next time on ed tech weekly <laughs>